Hello and welcome to week four of our discussion of Rebbeinu's four kitot. We're still talking about the late seam, trying to figure out what a late is, what a late is not. And so this time around, I want to start with the Mishnah Pirkei Avot, which talks about another kind of a late, which also is relevant to Rebbeinu's late seam. It will overlap and will uh, expand our understanding of these late seam as we are about to see. Mishnah Avot is actually fairly widely quoted. Uh, in chapter 3, verse 2, uh, not verse 2, Mishnah, Bet says, the second Mishnah says, two people were sitting together and have no Torah between them. It counts as a gathering of late seam. Why is that true? And it, it fulfills this verse that says, in the beginning of the the first Psalm, that uh, this righteous person doesn't sit among the late as we spoke about last time. On this Mishnah, the Rambam says that the proof that they're called the Moshav late is actually from uh, from the word Moshav, he says. I'm sorry, I apologize. From the end of the Pasuk, the end of the verse says, it contrasts this person who did not sit the Moshav late but rather cared about Torah. The implication is that those who sit in Moshe the team don't care about Torah. And since this person did care about Torah, he didn't sit with the late team, and with the late team, there is no Torah there. So Ramaram says, the way that Rabbi Chalim and Tradio knew that a Moshe team are those who have no Torah is because of the way the verse says it. When Rabbi Yonah come to that same verse, and I, a long time ago, did some work on comparing Rabbeinu's Avot commentary to the Rambam's, and Rabbeinu is certainly reacting to Rambam in his Avot commentary. He pauses to tell us there are two kinds of late sanut. One is, you now here he says, remember, he has, I think he wrote this before he wrote Shari Tshuva, here he talks about late sanut. One is the kind of late sanut that stems from Lashon Hara, or that is included in Lashon Hara, that is included in slandering other people, which is one of our kitot that we have to get to and spend some time on. He says, If you speak ill about somebody, to embarrass somebody, to shame somebody among other people, and to make that person be be, be denigrated and, and treated poorly among them. Right? That's the way he here defines Lashon Hara. We'll spend time on his definition of Lashon Hara when we get to it, but that's how he defines it here. That the point of Lashon Hara is to take away from a person's uh, reputation and their communal standing. He says about such a person, Shlomo Amalek says in Mishlei, Zed Yahir late Shimo. Now Zed Yahir, so a Zed is like a deliberately malicious person. Yahir is an arrogant person. And then late Shimo, his name is late. Rabbi says, it's these two character traits that are combined in a late. A Zaid is somebody who does what we just said a second ago. He embarrasses, denigrates, uh, tries to lower somebody's standing in the community. Yet here is the way he thinks about himself, that this other person is not important. Meaning, what, what makes a person feel comfortable trying to tear down somebody else? Right? So the first step is that he wants to do that. He's going to speak that way about the person. But there's what's going on inside of that person is that the person who's doing it assumes that I don't have to worry about other people. I don't have to care about other people. It's one thing, first of all, to look down on somebody else or, or dislike somebody else. But then to take action to destroy them, 
That means I don't even have to like worry about the consequences for them. Uh, I can just focus on me. Benias says that person is called a late. So that's not the similar to what we saw in this other late scene. This is a late is somebody who we've spoken about earlier that Benyona thought a late somebody doesn't care about building up the world. Here the late somebody doesn't care about other people. Sees no value, no concern with other people. But then he says, but our verse in Tehillim, which talks about the person doesn't sit among late seen. So I could have said he refuses to, to socialize with such people because they're bad people, because they don't care about other people, and he decides not to. The Rabbi Yona says it doesn't mean these late Tanim, because that would already be included in an earlier part of the verse. Not our concern now, so I'm not going to get into it, but that the earlier verses there in Mishle, in, sorry, in Tehillim Aleph, already mention those kinds of people. Therefore, this is adding another kind of late. Rabbi Yonah says here in, in Pirkei Avot, so, right, as the Ramah said, the opposite of the kind who doesn't care about the Torah. So he says, people who make, this is what Rabbi Yonah says here, who make a yeshiva shel keva, they make a fixed gathering. They get together just to, now we today can imagine people get together regularly to relax, they would call it, right? To hang out, to chill, whatever the appropriate term. Rabbi says to the extent that that's a fixed gathering, a fixed thing, that you just want to waste time, that's a late. The late is somebody meaning it's not, now you could theoretically say that people know themselves well enough that they know that uh, after a hard day at work at 7 o'clock, they need uh, 20 minutes to do this. But Mignone is suggesting that the more we fix that into our schedules, the more we are just set on on unimportant things, on setting time for unimportant things, the worse that it is. That's a late for Mignone as far as it is here in our in our Mishnah Pirkei Avot. Now, we've done Rabbi before. I think this fits his basic standard. If somebody doesn't take the world, uh, value the world enough and gives themselves too much leeway just to waste time. But let's go on in Pirkei because there are other commentators who have uh, slightly different versions that sort of uh, elaborate and enhance our understanding. So Tosus Yom Tov, which is a broad Mishnah commentary, but on Pirkei Avot says, the Moshav Leitzim, he says, the Ein Leitzanut Kidola, Right, he says. Oh, he says. I don't have to read it inside. I apologize. He says, uh, um, "There's nothing worse than if I tell you that if you just work a little bit, you'll get this amount of gold per hour, and or if you count this amount of gold, you'll get this amount of money. Whatever you count will be yours." And the guy just sits there, does nothing. Right? So, what's the person doing? He's mocking, or he's looking down on the gold. He's like, "I don't want it. I don't care about it." So too. The refusal to learn Torah, says Tosos Yom Tov, is an inherent uh, expression of distaste or disinterest in the value of Torah when that's the greatest reward a human being can get. He says that's got to be a late. The person has to be an overall person of, of lacking values, of missing values, in order for that to be true of that person. Otherwise, there's no way they would stop themselves learning Torah. If you knew, if I really told you, here's, you know, there's a, a bunch of bills and there's a whole store full of money. I said, you walk in, take as much money you want, whatever what you want, you can get. All you have to do is walk in and take it. And I don't. What kind of craziness is that? That's what Yom Tov is saying is true of those who 
willfully refused to learn Torah. And that's where Chanina ben Tradyon meant in the Mishnah, two people are sitting together and they don't bother learning Torah, they're, they're, that inherently shows a lack of concern with Torah and a, and a lack of interest in Torah. Uh, and that means that the person must be a late. That he quotes from, he quotes that from the Chassidu, I think by also Rabbi Yonah, but in the Medrash Shmuel. Then he adds, I'm sorry, and he's getting it from Ve'in Be'nehem, that the meaning of the words they don't share Torah among them is, he suggests, is that they're learning Torah maybe even. But maybe it means they're learning Torah, but they don't share the Torah with each other. Why not? This is the second, there's another possibility, right? The, 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 the idea would be, it's not that the two people are together and they don't learn, they don't learn with each other. Now, why would two Jews be together and not learn with or from each other? Says the Tosos Yom Tov. It can only be that they decided that the other one's Torah is worthless. I know Torah, you don't know Torah. I don't need to learn from you. And, and, and therefore, learning from you won't do anything. And so that's why there's no Torah between them. right? They don't learn together. Now, why are they called late seem? They're called late seem, even though they don't do anything, they're not like saying anything wrong, they're not doing anything. They're called late seem because they've allowed themselves too quickly to denigrate and look down on somebody else's Torah. That's the Tosos Yom Tov. That's another. So, so far we have the Rambam just saying that it's from the end of the verse. Rabbi Yonah accepting this from the end of the verse, but then pointing out it's a second kind of a late. There's the late of looking down on other people, and then there's the late of not caring about Torah and not and not being interested in Torah. That's another kind of a late where you set up your life in such a way that you can have times lacking in Torah. Now we have two more in the Tosos Yom Tov. One is that that uh, it's the refusal to earn the reward that is sitting there and waiting for you, right? The, the, this vast reward that is given basically free, and the person simply refuses to take advantage of it. Then the second one is that it's the late Tanud. It isn't about the Torah. It's about the other person's Torah. That's sure, I'll learn my own Torah, but I have no interest in somebody else's Torah. There's a late quality to that as well. Comes to very well in the 19th century. Another broad, it's a commentary on the whole Mishnah, but on Ovot as well, by Rabbi Israel Lifshitz, who was a rabbi, I think, in Germany in the 1800s. He says, he finally brings in our topic. He says, meaning Rabbi Yonah had seemed to say that the people who don't see the Shechina are the Lashon Hara kinds of Leitzim. But our Mishnah is talking about a different kind of Leitzim, but people who want to just not learn Torah. So says, these Leitzim are those Leitzim too. They fit into that category. They too are going to lose their ability and right to ever greet the Divine Countenance because from the fact that they sit, uh, sit empty of or with no effort towards serving God, he's expanded us from learning Torah or talking about Torah to serving God in general. Meaning, Rabbi Chanin and Mitrajun spoke about two who sat together with no divrei Torah. But he, the Tiferi Yisrael, speaks about the fact that they have no, um, that they'd have no avudat Hashem. And he assumes, or he's clear, that when Rabbi Chanin and Mitrajun says that they, uh, that they don't, aren't involved in Torah, it's got to be they have no other pressures. They have nothing pushing them other than this to do something else. That turns them into 
That means they're mocking it, looking down on it, making fun of it, all those kinds of things. And then he adds, and this is sort of a weak point in his presentation, because he says, I'm sorry, it says, the truth is that one person who sits and is not involved in Rosh Hashem, just hangs out, does nothing valuable, lets himself waste time or herself waste time, right? That, he says, would be also a late and a Moshav late Why does our Mishnah talk about two? According to the Tiferi Yisrael, it's because when you have two together, one will remind the other. And so it's more likely or more confident that they know what's going on and they're willfully doing it. Whereas with one, maybe he just forgot. That's a sort of way to limut schut, a way to find some excuse for it. But fundamentally, the idea is that a Jew is supposed to be thinking about the service of God and the proper service of God. Now, notice how far we've come, because I said it before, and I'll say it again, how far we've come, because according to the Tiferi Yisrael, it's even one, and it's not only about Torah, it's about any kind of Bordesha. Says the Shlah, this is the last one we'll do, he says, it isn't it, he has a list of letters, right, and about, he's talking about things we're not supposed to look at. He says, Melitzot umishalim shal sichat chulim. So we've gone from Leitzim, where people will talk to each other about silly stuff. Now he's saying this also, that they have this kind of regular, ordinary, casual conversation, or divrei cheshek, which is things like romances. You're not allowed to read them, he says. And he says that qualifies Moshe Leitzim. He also is talking about maybe only one person, because we read usually solitarily. Not allowed to do it. It's a Moshe Leitzim. And he quotes the rush in the name of Rebidiyona. Which means that it's not only about the interaction. I could have imagined saying that Rebbe Chaim was a function of social interaction. We have to keep our social interaction a certain way. It's very Yisrael and the Shla are pushing us to realize it's not about that. It's about our actions and what we do and how we spend our time. That's our Mishnah and Avot. It warns us against the Moshe Leitzim. We could have, there are those who present it as if it's a matter of it being two, but many, many people see it as a function of it's not the two, it's just what people are doing with their time. And again, stressing that when one wastes time, there's a late sanut to it. There's an aspect of being a late. Says Shogunach, not our, uh, says Shogunach, picking up on this shlav, which why it connects to each other, that like songs and poems and stories of just sikhakul, meaning it's a question up, and I've read novels in my life, and I read novels, but it's a big question to think about. What are they doing for you, and why are you doing it? Because the Shulchan Aruch says that these kinds of poems are well, just well-crafted stories, right? And it's just chulin. It's just meaningless. Or love stories, and they give examples. Say for Emmanuel, war books, lots of people I know like to read the Civil War, and I should, let's remember, this is a uh, the Gush virtual by Midrash from Lichtenstein, had a PhD in English literature. So when we see this paragraph in Shulchan Aruch, we have to think about what would he have said. Now the answer isn't Av isn't hard, and, you know, and he said it many times in his lifetime. But just notice Shulchan Aruch first, and then see what we do with it. So when it comes to reading him, say for Emmanuel or reading books of wars history, you can't read them on Shabbat. He says, and then adds, and even during the week, Af Asur. That you can wonder yourself, why would he say that it's prohibited during on Shabbat if it's already prohibited during the week? That's what he says. On Shabbat, we really can't do it because Shabbat is supposed to be a day of 
focus on, you know, Hashem and things like that. But even during the week, it's emotional blades. That's what he says in Hilchot Shabbat on in Siman Shin Zion, uh, chapter 307, paragraph 16. A little bit later, 10 chapters later, he says, Tzad Tzvi Yashen Osuma Kayaf. So this is the Malach of Tzedah. Tzedah is the, is the prohibition against trapping animals or hunting animals. So let's say you have a, a deer that's asleep and you lock the gate on it or it's blind and therefore it can't run that well, it's still Tzedah. It's still considered trapping and there's still a problem. The Ramah adds that if somebody sicks a dog on an animal on Shabbat, that's also Tzedah, meaning just using the the dog to do your hunting for you doesn't stop it from being Tzedah, from being hunting. That's a Shabbat prohibition. Then he adds, then some say that even during the week, you can't hunt with dogs. Because it qualifies Moshav Leitzim. Now you have to think about what's the Moshav Leitzim when hunting with the dogs. Now that, I think it's, that used to, I think he means he used to have like hunt, hound hunts. And it was a social occasion because the dogs did much of the hunting. He sort of ran after them and people talked to each other and hang out with each other. And the goal wasn't to get food for eating. The goal was it was fun to have a hunt together. And that the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramah is, def- is defining as a Moshav Leitzim. Says the Magad Avram, why is it a Moshav Leitzim? No, not why. He adds to that. That would also be true about Tartio, the theater, Karkasia, Og, uh, circuses, all of which are mine sechok, ways of laughter. And the Mogan Avram says, and I don't know who allowed these things in Purim. Like on Purim, you have Purim spiels. You have little Purim plays. So I don't know where they got that from. He says, maybe they got it from that we were allowed to make jokes to remember or to look down on Chashverosh or to get us in the mood. We're allowed to do it for that. But he's not sure. Now, this is a challenge because we we certainly since the time of the Magadaram, Magadaram is the 1600s. In the last uh, 400 years, 450 years, we've certainly moved away from such a strict construction of how we're supposed to spend our time. On the other hand, you have to think about why and what's the reason. I know that Mori Varabi, Marino Varabino of Lichtenstein, thought he found in English literature inspiring and insightful comments on a the human condition. And on the relationship of the human being to God, meaning there was much Christian poetry that I think while he fully believed that they had a flawed at best uh, idea of God and how God works and what God is, but in their search for relationship and their sense of God, they expressed it in ways that you didn't find that necessarily elsewhere and that that was enlightening. Once you have that idea, and this is not, this is not a new one, this is not my new insight, you have that idea, then you can say that in all these things, there might be elements of it that are in fact productive for the human being, and those are the ones that are allowed won't be a Moshe It comes back to, however, to some extent, the season ticket question. Right? Even if I say that watching men, let's say, play football or basketball or, or going to a play or the opera, if that's allowed, or classical music, but... If I make it a tertiot and kirkasot, I go there as a fixed element because now people would argue, well, I don't do any other relaxation. That's all I do. It could be true. But there are people who've just set up their lives where they wall off their Torah. 
assuming God willing, they have some Torah, they will have off. I do my hour a day, I do my seven hour, whatever it is, and then the rest of them for me. I think there's an element of late sanut to that that the Mogad of Ram is suggesting. The Tosefet Shabbat on this idea of Moshav Leitzim also includes our Tartio and Kerkasiyot, which are meaning Skok, and it says Purim is allowed. The Mishdebura also brings up from this Mogad of Ram this idea of theater and circuses, right? And also in Purim, it's only allowed now, he says, which we do in terms of Akhadrish, the Mogad of Ram, and he says, and now it's just like it's free. It's like a complete allowed for people. And, and, and despite the fact that verses in Tanakh say that the Jewish people, especially in time of, in the time of Chorban, in the time of destruction, are not supposed to be having too much fun, too much enjoyment, too much whatever it is. So the Mishnah is also worried about this issue. Now, you could be a Machmir about this. And the Machmir person would be to say, we live in an unredeemed world where there's no Bain Mikdash, and we have the pressing need to study Torah and perform mitzvot and help people who need help and all those things. There is no room for leisure and entertainment and things like that. Absolutely, from these sources you could get that. My point is that the that the, the the danger is those who are not interested or willing to take that uh, strict a position might then jump to the other extreme and think, well, there's nothing wrong with it. What's the problem? I go to a movie every night. If I go to the play six times, if I go to plays five nights a week, right? The problem is that that's pretty clearly much more going to be a Moshav Litzim. It's going to be a waste of time, a, a choosing to use time in unproductive and unimportant ways. Aruch HaShulchan has a bunch of top comments, and this is what's going to take the rest of our time together. The Aruch HaShulchan's idea of Litzim. So in the beginning of Aruch Haim, the second chapter of Aruch Haim, he mentioned the Ramam says that the Talmud Chacham, a Torah scholar, shouldn't shout too much. We're talking about the quality of the Torah scholar, and also only speaks b'divrei chokhmah. He only speaks matters of wisdom, ugmilut kasadim, or kindness and related valuable things. That the the proper way to live. I mean, Talmud Chacham for the Rambam is not a matter of knowledge, but a person who has the proper values, and the proper values include directing one's speech to utility, to something that's worthwhile. Add the Arach HaShulchan, that all the more so a person shouldn't just regularly take oaths or vows or swear to things, because that's not great, because it's dangerous, it's got problems to it, and should also distance himself from these kinds of gatherings that have no great deep value to them, and also from people who are not of the right quality. We have to choose our friends carefully because they are going to affect and shape uh, how we develop. That is the first of the Arach HaShulchan's forays into the late team. That Moshav late team is a gathering of people that's not quite what we had. Nabot, Nabot, could even say the one person. He's saying, though, that among things you do is pick our company, choose our company wisely. I've certainly been at, at you know Shabbat table lunches where the conversation was not a conversation that uh, we would want to be taking up, and then other meals to have a much nicer conversation. Okay. Now, going to the Reish Lamed Aleph, Siman Reish Lamed Aleph in the Arach HaShulchan, he says, when we're talking about sleeping, when a person sleeps, they shouldn't sleep for the pleasure of it, but the health of it, to rejuvenate, to reinvigorate oneself, to be able to serve Hashem better, such as to learn Torah and to keep mitzvah. That's paragraph four in Siman Reish and Alav and 231. The next paragraph, he says the same thing about this, all from the Ramah as well, 
when a person eats and drinks what's permitted, if you do it just for the physical pleasure of it, that's not good. The goal should be that we do it to be healthy, to serve Hashem better. So too with when we sit, when we walk, right? Not, it says, so what kind of sitting and walking? He says, Ein sarich lomar. There's no need to even rule out to begin with that you shouldn't sit in a moshav leitzim. That's obvious. Even if I'm going to go sit with righteous good people and sit among the righteous, and I'm going to listen to the good advice of proper people, there too, uh, the Yerachashon says that's not still the best if we do it for our own benefit. I want to you know, enjoy their, their I, I love hearing brilliant people talk. It should always be the shame of Shammai. And that sharpens the contrast with Leitzim. Leitzim are those who don't care about Adashem or don't have that as their primary motive. And therefore, they just look down on things, mock things, and waste time. In Shin Zion, in, in, in Simon, in chapter 307, ver, uh, paragraph 9, he says, when it comes to newspapers, he thinks newspapers aren't included in this Moshav Leitzim problem necessarily, which is a big chiddush, it's a big novel idea because we saw in the Shokhanarach, when I thought it was, shouldn't read stories, shouldn't read histories. He says, I think that during the week you can read them because they tell us, now this is an interesting comment about his view of history. They tell us what's going on now. And plenty of people know what's going on now because it, it affects business, right? If I know what's going on in China and in Russia and in this and in that, I can know how to better invest in the stock market. I know what to buy and what to sell and to make more money, to get more stuff, right? All of that is relevant to knowing what's going on now. But says the Arthur and that somebody who once part of the time studied history, I think there's a, an interesting question. So to learn what happened in the past, what do we care, right? And yeah. He says, what's the need for us to know them? Now, the interesting piece of that is that at least today, many, many people not only study history because they see a value in knowing it, but they try to force history to look like they wanted to because many people today have come to learn that we learn from history by watching what other people did in their situations. We can learn how to better handle our situation. That's the argument in favor of study of history, but he is not part of that world. And then he says also, all those things are just laughter and, and being relaxed, right? And all the more so, is they have an erotic element to them. So those are a great sin. And he says, but in our terrible sins, they've spread and it's publication and you can't stop it and you can't stop people from reading it. But really they shouldn't be. And that's an important question about our reading curriculum, what we're reading, why we're reading it, what's permissible reading, what's not permissible reading. And that gets us into the Leitzim question and quality as well. A little bit later in Shin Tet Zion 3.16 now, he says, a person can hunt on his own. If you need that, either that's his job, right? He makes money and he supports himself or he has to practice because at other times he supports himself or he needs the food. But he says, with dogs, it's Moshe Leitzim. Now here, it seems like he means, even if it's a single person with dogs, it's Moshe Leitzim. I'm not sure why that would be. Not positive. I think it might be with dogs is when it's, again, a group of people. And that's what the quality is. If it's on its own, it's Moshe Leitzim. Then I think it might be that he's wasting his time because the dogs could just do it or because the dogs will maul the animals and it won't be kosher, but something along those lines. Then going down to Yoridea, he quotes the base. Yosef says, if somebody took an oath, never to laugh anything, right? If he says tzichok, then he can't have any kind of laughter. And then he includes in that gambling with, with dice, 
and playing, I think billiards is what he's saying, playing billiards and things like that. Now, and then he adds, but besides that, it's emotional lights. Again, what's the role of games in our lives? I certainly know people who love, let's say, card games. I came from a family. The card game is a big deal. And when you just play hours and hours of card games, right? that's to some extent maybe emotional lights, unless there's some other value. You can argue there's a value in bonding families together with over that. But if not that, it's emotional lights. It's a problem. Last one for today, and then we'll wrap it up. And then next time we're going to look in the shooting and some responses that I found that also take on this question of defining Moshe Bleitzim to make clear what it is. The Aruch HaShulchan and Choshe Mishpat Reish Zion says that the Rambam says you can't gamble, you can't play dice because it's theft. This is all question about whether people really believe they're going to lose the dice, whether they really meant to give it up, but uh, and therefore it's already gezel to begin with. And the Mordechai in Sanhedrin thinks that's true. And so the Rosh Hashanah says, for sure you have to worry about that, even if we don't generally pass them that way. We're not positive that's true, but we should worry about their perspective, especially that's in, because the Rosh likes him, because it's just sitting around doing nothing productive, nothing valuable, and uh, and you start playing dice, there's lots of things that go wrong, and therefore you should stay away from it. So there's just a gathering of things showing that this is, I always worry that when it comes to issues like this, people tend to think, this isn't halacha, this is just like thinking about things. But these are examples of where halachic questions arise, but how we're allowed to spend our time, we're not allowed to spend our time, on Shabbat, during the week, and it revolves around the question of what's the kind of activity that is the Moshav Leitzim, that it seems having no real value to it, and therefore is not proper and not appropriate for a Jew to do. Next time we'll see more examples of this with some Shutim and also some books of Musar to round out our discussion of Leitzim and to figure out what Leitzim are, and then we'll move on to lying. So next week we'll have one more discussion with Leitzim to set it up with Moshe Feinstein a little bit with other important writers. And then from there we'll move on to uh, lying and avoiding lying and truth and what causes truth. Thanks for joining us. This has been Rabbi Yonis Forky Tokt. This has been our discussion, continued discussion of the halachos of what causes Moshe Leitzim, starting with our vote, moving to the Shulchan Arach. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.